At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello and welcome to the Seahawkers podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz, and the NFL Combine is coming up this week. February 26th to March 4th. Of course, we're not going to be seeing any drills until Thursday, but uh, we do have some combine coverage to talk about it. And I am here joined by Dan Vienz of the Seahawks Forever podcast to talk a little bit about what we're going to be watching for coming up throughout the week and on the weekend. Dan, how you doing? I'm good. It's always good to be on with you. And uh, we have a lot to talk about this offseason, a lot more than normal. I know. I, I feel like now that we're into the off season, you know, you and I, we we have our own shows going during the season. It gets busy. Now, now is the time that uh, we can do some of the crossover stuff and uh, and talk about. This is going to be an exciting off season, man. Yeah, it is. You know, it's 14 years with the same message and the same narrative and the same you know coaching staff and and uh, you get to know you know what their what their tendencies are and and. Uh, yeah. Lots and lots of change this offseason, which means a lot more for us to talk about. And you've probably seen it on your channel, too. A lot more a lot more comments. Views are up. I mean, people are, are thirsty for, for knowledge because we just don't know in a lot of this. No. We and, don't know how this is going to turn out. And that's what makes it exciting. And so you get yeah. that sense from fans because we all kind of want to try and decode now the messages from Mike McDonald. Of course, we don't have our decoder ring yet because <laughs> uh, it, it hasn't been quite long enough. And... Yeah, I saw over on the YouTube side, you guys are up over, gosh, have you cracked 5,000 yet? I know you're getting close. Yeah, about 5,200 now, yeah. kind of broke through that and picked up a lot of that, like just since the coaching change was made, just a lot of added interest. And then, uh, you know, the YouTube algorithm did the rest of it, but lots of support for the channel, which just makes it more fun for me. Well, it's going to be a fun off season and it's going to mm -hmm. be a fun combine coming up because... The Seahawks now, we're picking toward the middle of the first round. That could change, I suppose. We could see some draft moves, whether or not it's moving up or moving back. I, I don't even know quite how to gauge with John Schneider and and how he might be considering this. Uh, I suppose it would depend positionally, but 
the team yeah. has a lot of needs. So maybe we start there. What are some of those needs that you want to be focused on then with the combine coming up this week? Well, I mean, for me, it starts in the trenches and and works back from there. It's and when I say trenches this year, I, I think the full front seven on defense is is a key because they we literally don't have any contributing linebackers from last year that are still under contract or will be after the 18th of March. So, so I'm looking defensive line, offensive line, linebacker. I, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about it going back a couple of years. I think most of us that, that do this would agree that that's where this team fell short in the last couple of years and uh, on both sides of the ball. And I, I, I think when you look at Mike McDonald's track record and history and even Ryan Grubbs and some of the other assistants they've hired that, that that's been a key to their success and, and that uh, maybe we'll start to see, you know, the, the the blueprint of this team shift a little bit to where they build it from the front to the back instead of vice versa. And uh, I expect to see that. And maybe it's a little bit of wishful thinking, but uh, that's where I'm going to be focused at, at the combine. Um, those those position groups. Yeah, linebacker is an interesting place to start because you have Mike McDonald, who is a former linebacker as a player. He coached linebackers at Atlanta. You've got mm-hmm. Adam Dirty, who was the linebackers coach down in Dallas. So now it feels like as deficient as the Seahawks have seemed in terms of depth, that it doesn't seem like a place that they're going to ignore because, gosh, you look at that Ravens team last year that Mike McDonald yeah. coached, and you got Patrick Queen, who's now up to get paid. They they paid Roquan Smith, you know, one of the higher contracts in the league. So yeah. you, you have to think that that's a position and – well, let, do, you, do you expect Bobby to be back, for instance? I mean, gosh. If, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the really the second the hire was announced, you know, if it had been Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe there's a connection there. He might have wanted that voice in the locker room. But when you look at, and you just touched on it, when things really turned around for McDonald in his two years as DC with the Ravens, it's when they acquired Roquan Smith and paired him with Patrick queen and, and just the, both those guys being so dynamic next to each other. Um, I just, you know, Bobby's limitations are what they are. And the Seahawks in part, let him go the first time because of that combined with the, the, the salary cap hit that was coming up, they were willing to bring him back and kind of, and kind of live with those limitations because they, they had a, they had a plan. I think they veered from the plan. I don't think the plan was to play him 97% of the snaps or whatever he ended up playing last year. And, Teams still were picking on him in coverage. You know, he racked up tackles. He was solid in the run game at times. Um, I just think it's time to get more athletic and dynamic there, especially given who who's coaching the team now. And fortunately, this year, um, as opposed to last year, I really, really like the depth of this linebacker group. Uh, there's a lot of interior guys that kind of fit that mold. A lot of 230, 235 245 pound guys on the interior. Whereas last year, even the top ranked interior guys were 220, 225 guys like Dan Henley. So um, I like the depth of this group and it should play well to where the Seahawks, you know, have an extra pick in the third and beyond. Um, Yeah. I I'll be shocked if Bobby Wagner is back on this roster. Well, Thursday is going to be the day to watch then for linebackers. Are are there Mm -hmm. any types of position drills that you particularly look for? Are you just kind of focused on, some players that you're really interested in with, with the offensive linemen. I like just seeing how they can move, 
you know, and so the stuff, you know, when they have to get out and kind of pull against dummies and things like that, and, um, you know, where they start off on the turf and they have to get up and they have to react. I like to see the movement skills from the offensive linemen because outside of that, you're not going to get a feel for how they are against, you know, power or speed pressure or anything like that. Right. Um, and, and I think it's similar with the, with the linebackers too. You want to just see, uh, I think the coverage drills is what I want to see there, how much ground they can cover, uh, how quick they can get into their drops. And then, uh, you know, how good their hands are. Cause some of them aren't <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and honestly, the defensive lineman is maybe one of my favorite pos- position groups to watch just because, and you could say this about the offensive lineman too, in the last 10, 15 years, but just the, the sheer athleticism of those guys at their size, it's incredible to see what they do. What's that? The ring drill where they, they run around the, the figure eight and mm-hmm. they have to pick up the, the rag off the ground or whatever. It's, it's just shocking to me. And, and uh, you know, given, given, given some of our needs up there this year, um, I may be rewatching some of that stuff. There's uh, there's some really enticing guys. I think it's a solid draft for that position as well. There are some interesting interior defensive spots uh, that the Seahawks could look to fill. Yeah, gosh, when, when you think about just how much uh, depth they had an opportunity to go out and get, but uh, decided to focus on other areas in, in last year's draft. Of course, you know a lot of it's going to depend on free agency and that sort of thing, but. Defensive linemen, linebackers, day one. So you're going to get to see the trenches uh, on that first Thursday. Now, it looks like they're not doing prime time this year. So, hey, we're, we're going to be able to do this during the day this year. Yeah, I hated that. Uh, was it just the one year? Did they kind of? I think that did, I think it was back-to-back years because I thought yeah. they did it last year. You know, they. I think they tried to hype up, you know, especially the 40-yard dashes as, as kind of the prime time event. And I, I just don't know if that translates. I don't either. I get. I would. I would guess that what they probably found after that is when it was in prime time is is people that were really into this that wanted to watch it were probably just watching it the next day anyway because they just replay it on a loop. Yeah, pretty much for the you know that week or two around the combine on NFL Network. But uh, I, I get what they were trying to do. I understand it, but I hated it. I like to get up in the morning, get my coffee. <laughs> Maybe get my notebook out, you know, take some notes and and just watch the combine live in the morning. Um, so I'm I'm glad that's behind. Friday though, it's going to be defensive backs, tight ends. Tight end is interesting because the Seahawks mm-hmm. they find themselves in a position to where they have uh, well both Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson up for deals. Will Disley was kind of that third tight end for a lot of the season, but he is one that remains under contract. We'll see what ultimately they could do yeah. with him. Pretty big um, cap hit too. It it is a pretty big cap hit, but whether they decide to extend them, that could reduce that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It it would be tough to turn over an entire tight end room. But I think we've also, and maybe you could speak to this, having watched more Huskies football than I have. It doesn't feel like Grubb used tight ends a whole lot in that Huskies offense. He had a couple of good ones, and they'll probably both be drafted this year. Devin Culp and Jack Westover. I think are they both going to the combine? Um, I got the list here in front of me, but there's 341 names. So it's a lot to scroll (laughs) through. Uh, I think Westover had 40 ish catches. Um, he spread it around. He, he, he incorporated them, but you know, he said it on the record and we saw it with our own eyes that, you know, he had those three incredible receivers, uh, even though McMillan was injured for much of the year, that's what he leaned into. Um, 
I, I would expect that if he had had a pedestrian group of receivers based on, on the history we've seen and his adaptability and a couple of big time, like day two NFL prospects at tight end, maybe one of them, one of them would have caught 80 balls. Like, I think he's, he's willing to use the tight ends and, and uh, certainly I saw him do it in the apple cup a couple of times against my Cougs. And it's as it seems like it is every year. There's a solid group of tight ends. I think the college game is just, you know, kind of getting better about incorporating those guys in their, in their passing offense and all the spread concepts we see down there. And of course there's the one elite guy in Brock Bowers. Right. He probably won't be there at 16, but, but he could be, I mean, you see some of these guys slip I'm down the board, him. depending on, you know, if there's any kind of medical concern, I, that could be an intriguing prospect if yeah. <laughs> if he ends up being there for the Seahawks. Let me just get this out of the way. If, if Brock Byers, Bauer is a phenomenal player, but if that's how we use our our first round pick when we don't have another pick until you know the third round, that that'd be tough. Not knowing what we do in free agency, maybe you know John likes to use free agency to hedge mm-hmm. against the draft, and he likes to do it to fill glaring holes. So that you know he's more free during the draft to let to let it come to him, especially the last couple of years. That seems to be the emphasis. So who knows? Maybe if we get to draft day and we feel like he's addressed offensive line, defensive line, he's got Leonard Williams locked up and Jordan Brooks coming back. Okay, you know, because he is a dynamic, dynamic player and and they need somebody. Right now it's Will Disley and Brady Russell are the only two guys really under contract, unless you include Tyler Mabry, who's back for what feels like his 10th year on a futures deal. Uh, we'll always but, have Mabry. He'll, he will just, yeah. he will retire as a Seahawk <laughs> eventually, you know, 20 years down the road because he, he hasn't had to play a whole lot. He's the biggest fan of the new practice squad rules. Yeah. That you yeah. can just stay on it in ad infinitum. Yeah. It, uh, it could be an interesting watch for tight ends. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. I think Saturday, though, is the day that we are maybe the most interested in just, I mean, as football fans, because you've got the quarterbacks, you've got wide receivers, running backs, the offensive skill positions. Although you could argue that the Seahawks may not really have a need at any of those spots. It still is one of the more fun days to watch. And and I think there's John Schneider's gone long enough without drafting a quarterback that we need to see at least one. Yeah. How, how often have we heard him say that, you know, I learned from Ron Wolf coming up through the Packers organization that you take a, a quarterback every year, every and, year. And, and they, the, for a long time, Green Bay really did well at that. Mm-hmm. And people obviously remember Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordan Love, but, but there, there was a run there during Wolf's heyday where they got a lot of value by trading guys. They had developed as backups and, and gotten draft picks back for him. And Mark Brunel and Aaron Brooks and Ty Detmer are three that I can think of off the top of my Matt head. Hasselbeck and, was and Matt Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck. Yeah. Another one um, who was essentially a third stringer there and can, mm-hmm. you know, barely make the roster. And, and every draft we hear John say it, you know, I want to draft a quarterback every year, but then it just doesn't work out. Some, 
some of that might be, I suspect that someone was tapping him on the shoulder going, oh, we really couldn't, we use that pick somewhere, that pick else. somewhere else. Yeah. Cause that person had con- contractual power of final say over the roster. Well, and, and even, they're not involved anymore. Yeah. So when you have Gino and you have drew, they, they keep talking yeah. up drew as if he's going to return. And so if, if you're talking about both those guys returning, then I guess it comes <laughs> down to if you're even going to carry a third, because that's not something they've done traditionally. I think that's the thing. They, they've never carried a third on the regular roster and they've always tended to prefer an experienced backup. You know, it was Tavares Jackson. It was Geno Smith year after year on a one-year deal. And now it seems like the plan is to continue doing that with, with Drew Locke. Um, it does make it tough to develop a quarterback. You know, they tried with Holt Nailers on the practice squad last year. The reps just aren't there. Um, it's tough. I think if you're going to develop a, a quarterback of the future, regardless of where you draft him, um, you have to commit to him being the, the number two guy. It seems like, you know, the Jake Browning stories are very rare right. where a guy toils on the practice squad for three, four years, moves his way up to backup, gets an opportunity. You know, it's, it's tough. And, and I don't love the second, well, I don't love the third tier of this quarterback class and beyond. So yeah, but the third I, tier was like our first tier the last couple of years. It feels like, yeah, that's how good this class is. And that's why a lot of fans want us to dip into it. But, um, kind of made me look good yesterday. I did a show yesterday morning about how I think the Seahawks may very well be leaning towards punting on quarterback this year and waiting towards next year. And I laid out all my arguments why, and then five hours later, the news came out that they essentially had committed to Gino right. uh, again for 2024 with what they did with this contract. And so, um, I think they see what we see, most of us anyway, that 16 isn't high enough to get the guy you're really going to want. They don't have the ammo to move up. They have a really good guy in place on a very reasonable contract. It's just not the time. You have a new coach in place. You've got to get him as many tools to be able to carry out you know, what he wants to do schematically and, and kind of establish their style of play before you can work a quarterback in there. If you're trying to break in a new head coach and a new quarterback, you're rebuilding. Right. And that's not what John Schneider thinks, you know, this is ahead of us. He said it at his first press conference. He thought they underperformed last year with the young roster that we have. Uh, He doesn't see this as a rebuild. And so that's why I think they're going a different direction. It's still going to be fun to watch that when you, and you're right. I have yet to watch any scouting tape yet on running backs or wide receivers because it's just such a, a low need. If it's one at all, I could see them not drafting either of those positions with our six picks. Uh, or I guess we have seven picks. Yeah, and wide receivers one. It seems like they always tend to dip into that, and and late round running backs too. I mean, not who a bad knows? idea. But uh, it does feel like they're they're pretty good in those spots. But quarterbacks, I I know that just with Michael Penix, and are we going to see Penix throw? Is, is that he, I saw yesterday or the day before that he said he's going to. Okay. He's the only one that said anything so far. Because he was uh, kind of beat up in that championship game. Yeah, I was actually surprised he practiced Senior Bowl week. And, and I'm glad he didn't take a lot of criticism for not playing in the game. Be, just for oh, that reason. Yeah, I, didn't I, even, was, I didn't have I any didn't expectation. Expect <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know, whatever it was, we never really heard, I don't think officially. But it sure seemed like ribs and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, he, I mean, just looked, watching him walk off the field. I'm like, that dude doesn't look like he's going to be ready for anything for a little while. <laughs> I'm a guy that's not getting any younger. And, and he looked during that game. Like I feel every morning when I get <laughs> right. out of bed, it's like, 
It's like the old movie, North Dallas 40, where Nick Nolte had to kind of crack everything and sort of pull himself up. Um, that's what I thought he looked like. And so I thought it was to his credit, actually, that he practiced all week and showed what he could show. And, and, um, you know, I think he's the biggest arm, uh, without a doubt that we're going to see Drake may maybe right behind him. I don't think it's going to quite be like last year's shootout with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis kind of trading bombs, but be interested to see him throw. And, and some of the other guys as well, I think would really, um, behoove that. I think they should all throw. Like if I'm a quarterback's agent, I'm telling him to throw because I think it says something to teams about your willingness to to take a chance and just show what you, you're made of. Yeah, and I I shoot on Friday. Kurt Warner tweeted out saying, trying to go back through the tape and find NFL style throws throughout these college offenses. Like he was having to go through six to seven games. To just to find a handful of throws to where he could evaluate a quarterback at that kind of NFL throw level. And yeah. so, man, I, I just think if Kurt's having that kind of a hard time, then you've kind of got to go out and show it then at the combine to where they're making you throw slants and, you know, some of these deep throws and and to, to show off your accuracy uh, as, as well as you can. I mean, throwing, you know, outside of your pads. Yeah, and every year there's a quarterback that has probably the most to gain by performing well at the, at the combine. And last year, I think it was Stroud. I mean, he put on such a clinic in his throwing session that it solidified, you know, him as a top three guy. I think this year, I think Bo Nix has a lot to prove standing next to those guys. You know, there's some questions about his arm strength, his ability to push the ball down the field into tight windows. And that's just not what he was asked to do at Oregon. But for me, it's JJ McCarthy. I think there's, he's kind of the wild card in this whole quarterback group because he just wasn't asked again he didn't need to throw the ball a lot at Michigan and, and, uh, but I've been told and I, and I've seen some stuff on tape and I've read enough stuff about him that I think he's the guy that might open the most eyes at the combine. Mm-hmm. There, there are, there are fans out there certainly who don't think his arm is anything special. And, um, it is. And, and I think when they see him throw in the underwear Olympics, they're going to see how easy that ball comes out and they're going to see really, really skinny legs too. And that's a concern, but uh, he's going to look good throwing the ball. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching for it. And then on Sunday, you go from the the skinny leg guys on Saturday to the the big trunks on Sunday with the offensive yeah. linemen. And this is going to be a spot of need for the Seahawks because Absolutely. offensive line um, with the center spot going vacant. You know, maybe they bring back Evan Brown, but you do have Olu Olu Timmy coming back too as a, a potential center we we did see some starts from him throughout the year mm-hmm. but Damian Lewis could be on the way out that's one free agent that you know, maybe they find some room to to be able to sign him long term and maybe that ends up being one of those spots that you have to fill through the draft and and really start to build this core with your tackles shoot I, I'm not even convinced that tackle is a, a spot that they shouldn't look at considering what we went through pa- this past season yeah. And, and there's, it's, there's still so much mystery around Abe Lucas. And, you know, I've heard people say that there are indications he's going to be just fine and that whatever procedure it was that he had and um, is it worked, it's going to work and he'll be, he'll be good to go. And there are others who think that, that there's more to it than that. So it's maybe the most mysterious position group on the roster because we don't quite know what kind of players Ryan Grubb, Mike McDonald like, and uh, on that interior and, and how he plans to use them. You know, he's been very varied in his, uh, uh, his approach in the running game. And, 
you know, guy like Anthony Bradford, who showed so much in the run game last year, has some work to do in pass protection. He's a big mauling type right guard. Does that fit what Ryan Grubb wants to do? Or will he tailor what he wants to do to that? I, I'm a big Ola Watimi fan. I'm a little surprised that so many fans want us to take a center in the first round and see that as a big need. I think he's a long-term starter. Um, and certainly, you know, coach McDonald's going to have some Intel there because he, you know, he knows Jim Harbaugh so well. Right. Uh, and well, Jackson power Johnson, I think is the guy that Seahawks fans would like to take that played center, but he's also played some guards. So, well, and that's why I'm, I'm going to be watching this group real closely. There, there's a group of guys kind of in the mid to late first round sort of big board area that you see that have versatility. And right. those guys are really appealing to me. You know, JPJ can play center and guard. Uh, Graham Barton's another one uh, that's actually played guard tackle and he can be projected at center. And then uh, Zach Frazier is another one. Um, there are guys that have that versatility that I wouldn't mind, you know, picking up a guy that has played some tackle just in case, just in case Lucas isn't ready to go. And then Damian Lewis, we don't, we don't know how they view him. We don't know if they view him as a match Guards that have started for four years and are in their mid-20s tend to get paid on the open market a lot. Um, uh, maybe more than they're willing to go or able to go, and, and they may even be looking at a different... I don't know how young they want to be up front. You know, if you commit... If you're going with Bradford and Olawatimi, for example... Yeah, it feels really young. To but, plug you know, there's Zeitler, for example, could come in from the Ravens on a free agency deal, so they, yeah. they could potentially I, find... Yeah, I could see that being a spot for like a, a short-term stopgap right. type veteran. So there, there'd be those veterans out there that you could potentially sign. But yeah, it, if they did sign Damian Lewis, I don't think I could be mad about it just based off of you've had a guy who then you're kind of building continuity. I mean, I guess I could be mm -hmm. mad if, I, if the contract is like way out of line. But uh, yeah. if it prevents us from... If, if yeah, Lewis prevents them from keeping Leonard Williams, Williams or, uh, yeah. But I don't think they would do that. I just keep remembering what Mike Holmgren said after he had been away for a while. And he said, if he could go back and do it all over again, he would do it differently. And what he, what he did wrong was he went with, he signed, he filled out his defense with veterans and free agents. And he went young and drafted for offense. He said, he said that was backwards. Mm. You got to be young and hungry on defense for the most part, and you need continuity on offense. Yeah, and and he would have gone with more veterans and spent some of their free agents uh, free agent money there. I keep thinking about that, and this might be a case for that. Where you know, no, I would if if they announce that Damian Lewis is, has agreed to a new deal. A, it tells us that they like him and they think he fits, and B, you know, essentially that starting five is back yeah. if you count Oluwatimi as a starter. So. That's never a bad thing to have continuity on the offensive line. Well, we've got uh, some offensive linemen to watch coming up on uh, through the combine. And as we watch the combine, Dan, what, what are your plans over at Seahawks forever? Are you going to be going live after every day or, or just kind of picking a couple days to, to talk about on your show? I'll, unless I see something that, that really stands out or yeah. there's news, um, I'll probably just do a, a big wrap up at the end of it. Um, Sunday evening, the March the third. I look for that, and 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 I'm already making some notes and toying with some ideas of you know people like lists, you know, uh -huh. so you know top top three or top five guys that that I think would fit the Seahawks. That's what I'm looking for is guys that that I think would fit what they need and what they're doing, and because uh, we start to learn more about these prospects during 
the combine in another way too. We start to hear about how well they interview mm-hmm. and we start to find out a little bit about them and, and who they are as people and their personalities, which is always going to be important to John Schneider and whoever's coaching for him. So um, that's the plan for now, unless there's anything, you know, newsy that comes out. And then before that though, before it even gets started, um, I plan to react to the uh, the press conferences yeah. that uh, John Schneider and uh, Mike McDonald are scheduled to do as part of their combine uh, duties. So that sometimes there's they're nothing, but it's always kind of fun to try to read between the lines. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be really that'd be the first time that they've been together since the McDonald hire. So uh, they're going to get plenty know, of questions. I, I take that back. I just sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, Schneider said yesterday that that uh, the coaches aren't going to the combine, so I think it's just going to be Schneider at the podium. Oh, I I, uh, I took that day. to mean the assistant coaches, but uh, I guess that would make sense too. Because yeah, he yeah. did a a radio spot I think on Thursday last week, and so yeah, he did say that the coaches weren't going to be there, and and I thought maybe McDonald would have go, to get but, to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it would make sense for McDonald to be with the rest of the coaches too. So yeah, yeah. they have to do install and, and, and all of that and get ready for off, you know, off season activities. And, and uh, it, yeah, it's, I laugh, but it's, it's probably true. They just, uh, yesterday I think was the first day they officially announced the entire list. Right. I don't think all of those guys have been in the same room at the same time yet. Yeah. That's wild, huh? It's uh, a, it, it is a crazy time. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Seahawks franchise, a crazy time for us who who follow them. And yeah, we're going to be coming on live here too at the Seahawkers podcast, talking about some of the combine moments that that, that caught our eye as well. So uh, be sure to follow along here. Follow along at Seahawks Forever with Dan Viennes. Dan, appreciate you coming on and helping break this down this week. Always good to talk to you and uh, appreciate the time. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.